and welcome. Hi, this is your host, Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard, Movement Internationals, also the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Global Tent Ministries, where there is life, love, joy, peace, and harmony. I pray that you are doing well on this fabulous Friday. Today, I want to take a look at uh, some things that I've been studying on and um, that I've learned um, while in, you know, going through my studies about the office of a prophet. A lot of people don't understand the office of a prophet. You know, anyone can prophesy as God moves on them, but not everybody is operating in, or should I say, operate in the office of a prophet. Okay, let's look at Prophet Jeremiah uh, to extract, uh, you know, uh, foundational insights. Let's look there. Okay, Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Verse 10, see, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Okay, now the office of a prophet carries a uh, an numerous amount of responsibilities, as you know, okay? Uh, and if you didn't know, now you will know, okay? Those that function in the office uh, uh, that speaks, the, they was they speaks the oracles of God. I'm sorry, I got a little tongue-tied, okay? The function of the prophetic call is given to Jeremiah at the uh, inception of his ministry, okay? When studying the scripture, okay, I want you to go back and read Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10, okay? When studying the scripture, we see that first expression of the prophetic calling is judgment, okay? You must first have the courage for the word that uh, destruct foundation, okay? Uh, to be trusted to release the word that builds and plants, okay? Um, God knows, God have handpicked his his prophets. Okay. When we take note of the order of the words, the hardest thing was, uh, dealt with first was everything that is painful to the flesh and will cause men to have displeasure with us must first be addressed. Okay. The office is not for everyone. Okay. The office of a prophet is not for everyone. Okay. In the prophet's office, you are called to pluck up and break down the things that men hold dear to their heart, okay? This includes their religious traditions, their false doctrines, including uh, false things that they have celebrated for generations and the things that they want to continue to, um, to bind themselves to because of their own pride, okay? Uh, you must understand that the prophet's word is destructive before it is benevolent. Okay, I want to repeat that. Okay, you must understand that the prophet's word is destructive before it is benevolent. We must be willing to speak the destructive word as well as the benevolent word. 
A lot of times we want, a lot of people love prophets, uh, prosperity talking prophets. That's okay because the Bible did say that God wish above all things that we shall prosper and be in great help even as our soul prospers. But first they must uproot that thing, those things that has, that have been plaguing you, that have been holding you hostage uh, in your spirit, okay? Uh, that's why I said we must be willing to speak uh, the destructive word as well as the benevolence word. I want you to look up those two words, destructive word and the benevolence word, okay? Um, now, as a prophet, you must learn to be faithful to speak the word of exile and judgment before speaking the creative word of restoration and return. Okay, I'm going to repeat that because a lot of times we're not taught. And see, I went, um, God have already um, moved on me, should I say, or God did me as he did Jeremiah. He put his words in my mouth, but it had to be perfected. So I, I ended up going in, uh, in 2019, I went to the school of prophets and there I began to learn more. I learned to get more educated about the office of the prophet because I operate in the office of a prophet. So in order to know, um, what you're operating in and, and what level I believe we need to be educated in those areas. Okay. I'm going to repeat that again. As a prophet, you must learn to be faithful, to speak the word of exile. Okay. And judgment before speaking the creative word of restoration and return. Because if you notice when you go into a lot of ministries, you will see people operating in different types of spirits. So that spirit must be uprooted out of their life. You have to deal with those things that they consider that uh, most traditional churches don't like to talk about deliverance. Okay. The tribe of Judah is a fivefold ministry. It's an apostolic ministry that, um, that operates in deliverance. So a lot of times when you start dealing in certain things concerning deliverance, you will have more people leave than stay. Those that continue to stay, that don't mean that they're actually getting it. Sometimes they just, they know that they are receiving good mess, a good message from God. And they know that it's true because they're seeing the manifestation because with our words should come manifestation. If you're speaking life and healing over one's life, you should be able to see some manifestation, some type of change. It may not come suddenly. Uh, in some cases it do, it, it does, it comes suddenly, but in some cases it's a, um, it's a process, if you will. It's a process of being healed. It don't just happen all of a sudden. It depends on uh, the level of, of pain and destruction or, or should I say, um, of, um, of, of, of setbacks, delays, or sickness, or whatever that was plaguing that individual. It depends on how deep they were in bondage. Okay, that's a perfect word for me to use. Uh, I think so. <laughs> uh, bondage, you know, it all depends on how deep in bondage were they. Okay, and it depends on that person because with the with their faith, they shall be healed by their faith. Their faith and my faith together, it brings healing. 
So if I speak it and they believe it and they keep believing it and they keep believing it, sooner or later that thing become manifested and there it is. They're healed. Okay, because I can speak healing all day long to that person. I can speak deliverance and everything. But until they get it, until they actually have that faith to meet my faith, then that's when the healing begins. Okay, it's not just speaking a word um, to an itching ear. Okay, it's destiny, which challenges a person person's lifestyle. Okay, a lot of people don't like you to challenge their lifestyle. They get offended because you got to know it's just like when 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 Jesus went and he got off the boat and that that man with those legions of spirits came upon him and asked him, why did he come to torment him before his time? Because those legions wanted to to keep resident. They wanted to stay where they were, where they was. So they began to say, well, you know, why did you come here to torment us? And then not only just the man, you had the people there too. They was, they wanted Jesus to leave because, you know, he was messing with their livelihood, their livestock, their money. He was, you know, when you come in and, and you people, you come into folks ministries and, and you're preaching the word of God and you began to prophesy and people get healed and free and they get mad because now you're messing with their money. You know, the people that's free now, they're able to see their eyes is open now. They no longer walking around blind. So you study pulling at those things that they're trying to hide. And sooner or later, they, you know, they, they, they're the spirit, that spirit is willing, that flesh is what's weak and that flesh don't want to let them go. And so it's in a battle between them, but the spirit wins. And so that person gets free and the eyes become open. The spiritual eyes become open and that person get delivered and set free. Now they no longer battling. They're no longer in that thing. So the prophet, the, the person that's walking in that office is standing tall and standing strong in that office. And they're not letting down. They're not taking down. They're not quitting. They're constantly on that person about deliverance and being healed. Talking about it. Sometimes you have to do it repetitiously until they get it. Okay. A prophet identifies falsity and uh, uh, ruthlessly destroys it. You know, a prophet, they, they identifies false things, things that are false, things that are not true, like false prophets, false apostles, false this, false. they identifies it. Yes. And they call it out. There is something about, uh, his word that is like fire. This is a, a, a prophet. His or her, okay? It is a plucking up. It is a, a rooting out and a destroying. It, it, it is, it, and it also is planting and it rebuilds. See what it wants. What it do? It is like you you're doing a garden. And when I see people, I've never been a person to 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 make to do gardens or or to to uh, plant flowers or anything like that. But I've watched them do it. And what they do, they dig out all that stuff. They pull up all them old the dead roots and all. They pull out all that stuff. Then they plant down some new fresh soil. Then they plant it off in there. So what they first have to do, they have to start digging up and uprooting that thing because that old stuff is still there. So they have to they have to uproot. They keep digging and digging until they get all that stuff out then they start planning planning and then rebuilding that 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 thing that's in you you know because god know what he put in you okay prophets brings things into question um 
a lot of times they will ask things or they will say things and it will make you scratch your head sometimes because God have dealt with me in such a way. The Bible is, is, is a prophetic book all by itself. And sometimes God will give you a word, a prophetic word, and you will scratch your head and you'll be like, man, what do you mean by that? And then he'll bring it to light through his word. Prophets are not welcome into places where people want to continue their lifestyle uh, unchallenged. They're not, you know, people hate to see true prophets come into the house. Okay. Uh, prophet critics, you know, <laughs> unsparingly without the fear or regard of men, he reveals the lie and gives warning. Okay. A prophet critiques. Yes, he does. A prophet critiques unsparingly without the fear or regard of men. Okay. He reveals the lie and gives warning. Okay. I've been in places like that. And trust me, I've had, I've had leaders to say, I don't want her to come back. I talked about that on uh, one of my TikToks that, you know, sometimes leaders, they rather embrace uh, false prophets that will come in and just keep, you know, watering over stuff they know that ain't right. You got even, you know, different leaders. They don't want you to, to challenge them and talk about the stuff that they're dealing with so they can be free. So the people that's under them, because the oil comes out of the head. And so they don't want to be you know, they don't want to be free. That oil flows down. So whatever you, you, you put out, whatever you putting out of your mouth, it trickles down to the people that are under you. And so when you got, when you got people that's under you and you, you constantly, you know, you, you critiquing and you pulling out things. Some don't like that. And they'll walk away. They'll walk away. A true prophet releases the truth and bring exposure to false prophets. Okay. Um, I just said that to be free and to be able to speak without regards to fear of man is an ultimate statement that implies such as, uh, as history of God's dealing with that servant. For example, the apostle said unto people that they rather obey God than man. Acts 5 and 29. Read that at your leisure. When God brings you to a place of pruning, you must submit to it. Some of you when, when God get the pruning and pulling things out of you, you, you get sidetracked. You, you, you start doing other things that's pleasing to your flesh and you run away from that. And then you got to start the process all over again. My God, uh, if you sitting next to somebody or if you, if, if you looking at somebody, look at them and say, let God finish what he started in you. Stop it. Stop stopping the process. You keep stopping the process. That's why you can't get healed and you can't get your total deliverance because you keep stopping the process. Every time that wound on your hand gets a little healed, you start picking at it. You start looking at it like it's got a scab on it. You pull the scab off, it's bleeding all over again. Let Take your hands off and let it heal. And so some of you, you refuse to go through the process. Okay. You don't want to be, you don't like the pruning. You don't want to submit to anything. Submit to authority. You know, I used to tell people all the time, like the people, my spiritual dad is no longer here. And, 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 you know, I've had leaders that I would submit to, but when it came to a bunch of foolishness, when God would start unveiling things to me, that was foolishness. I will pull my hand out in a minute because I knew that if it wasn't, a, that it wasn't of God, God would always reveal and some things. He allowed me to walk on through it. And it was for educational reasons. It was to educate me on what not to do. Okay. A prophet requires therefore an extra 
extraordinary discernment to critique and to um, uh, and have the ability that he has that he have been honored by the spirit. Okay, uh, as a prophet, your lifestyle must be um, one of the righteous because having a standard of necessary. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting the sniffles. I'm sorry turn this air condition off. I'm sorry. Because having a standard of necessary is necessary for your ministry. Okay. As a prophet, your lifestyle must be one of righteousness because having a standard is necessary for your ministry. I'm going to repeat it again. As a prophet, your and my lifestyle must be one of righteousness because having a standard is necessary for your ministry. You must be a witness. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You must be a witness and an example before the people. Okay? You need to you need to be that example. That will teach them on how to be that authentic. <laughs> and they will know that you are that authentic leader. That, that you're talking about. Because there's so many people talking authenticity. They're talking like they're very authentic. Like I'm real and I'm this and I'm that. But deep down they got some stuff. They got some skeletons that's still hidden. And God said, I'm trying to get those skeletons out of your closet. Because every time you speak a bone or fly out of your mouth, there it go again. You done took off your shoes. There go a hidden bone. No, no, no. I'm not saying perfect. Once again, we're not talking about being perfect. Okay. Now, you cannot expose false values if we ourselves are subscribing to them. I'm going to repeat that. You cannot expose false values if we ourselves are subscribing to them. We cannot indulge in the very thing that we are condemning before others. Did you hear what I just said? Did you just hear what I said? A prophet is called to reveal the lie. He is called, he or she is called to reveal a lie. A prophet speaking not only reveals the lie, but also condemns and judges it. His word and his life is a divine destruction against the enemy. Satan hates true prophets. That's why he Jezebel back in the day Jezebel was trying to destroy all the prophets. You know, that you know people hate real true prophets. They like false prophets. They like when people pat them and get them water and get them stuff that they know they don't need at that time. You know, uh the prophet restores the lost vision of of a king and stir faith in the people of God, especially in crisis, in times of crisis. Okay. When despair needs to be turned to hope, our country is now in despair. We need those prophetic voices to come forth. Okay. There will be authentic prophets that will be willing to bring a hard word like the prophet Jeremiah, but there will also be many false prophets that will bring false words saying peace and there is no peace. Did you hear what the word of God said? Not what Rhonda said, but what the word of God said, because you know, he said that they will say peace, peace, and there will be no peace. Those are lying prophets. The call to the office of the prophets is given and not one that should be taken 
upon oneself. You got a lot of people saying that they are prophets. Moses walked in the office of a prophet. Samuel walked in the office of a prophet. Yes, he did. Okay. Now let's go here. In Exodus 3, 9, and 10. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptian oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people and the children is uh, out of Egypt. Children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm sorry. This was God talking to Moses. Okay. He was walking in the office of the prophet. Okay, Moses received his governmental commission from God. Okay, I want you to hear me. You hear me well. Moses received his governmental commission from God, and that's all he lived for until the next part of his assignment was revealed to him. Okay, God sent Moses not to the people, but to Pharaoh for the purpose of freeing the children of Israel from the Egyptians to worship God and to bring them into the land that the Lord had given them. Okay, God used Moses now to perform many miracles against Pharaoh. And we know that and the land of Egypt to free his people. Okay, the miracles of the serpent, the water turning into blood, the frog, the lice, the swarm of flies, the cattle of Egypt died. Egyptians were smitten with boils, pestilence. Uh, the Lord rained hell, locusts, and all the firstborn of Egypt, you know, died. These miraculous plagues were done by Moses in the office of the prophet. The office of the prophet. Now we're going to talk about Samuel. Walking in the office of a prophet. According to, to Samuel, 1 Samuel 3 and 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Therefore, I'm sorry, there was no open vision. Okay. Now, according to, I want you to follow me. Get you a pen and paper handy. According to 1 Samuel 15 and 1, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Okay. Now, according to 1 Samuel 15 and 26, the, uh, and Samuel said unto Saul, I will not, I will not return with thee for thou has rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord had rejected thee from being king over Israel. Okay. Samuel's still talking. Now, this is him operating in the office of the prophet. According to 1 Samuel 16 and 1, Samuel still, here we go. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, uh, in, uh, the, Beth the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. As we take a glimpse now, okay, as we take a glimpse at uh, the life of the prophet Samuel, okay, there are many things that you can consider that points at the role and the dedication unto the Lord, okay, as walking in the office of the prophet, okay. Now in 1 Samuel 3 and 1, 15 and 1, 15 and 26 and 16 and 1, now, number one, Samuel was accountable to Eli, the priestly prophet, okay, um, 
Samuel learned the temple ministry from his mother, Eli, uh, Eli the prophet, and how to properly minister to the Lord under uh, scrutiny of Eli. Let me repeat that. Samuel was accountable to Eli, the priestly prophet. Okay. Samuel learned the temple ministry from his mentor. I'm sorry. I said mother. I'm so sorry, y'all. From his mentor. Come on, y'all. Come on, scholars. Y'all know we all error. We mess up. (laughs) All right. And I wrote this stuff down myself. Okay. Samuel learned the temple ministry from his mentor. We all need a mentor. We all need a coach. Okay. His mentor, Eli, the prophet, and how to properly, properly minister the Lord under the scrutiny of Eli. Okay. Number two, Samuel ministered unto the Lord and the people. Okay. The Lord chose Samuel to be the next prophet to walk in office and to minister to the Lord by obeying his commands toward headships, which is kings. Okay. Number three, Samuel had the open vision and the revelation of the Lord. Okay. These are all the things that I've been studying and writing down. And y'all know, I just love to share. Okay. Um, that's why I end up messing up saying mother instead of mentor. Okay. Um, the Lord revealed himself to Samuel, the prophet and used him as an instrument for his Kings and leadership. Okay. Number four, Samuel, by um, the choosing of the Lord, announced an anointed king. Okay. Uh, the office of the prophet announces and anoints kings. Did y'all hear me? Samuel. Okay. There's a comma. Well, you pause. By the choosing of the Lord, announced and anointed kings. Okay. Now. The office of the prophet announces and anoints kings. Mm-hmm. You heard me right. The office of prophets announces and they anoints kings. Okay. Some of y'all will catch that later. Number five, Samuel announced to King Saul that the Lord have rejected him from being king. Okay. Now, Samuel was seasoned enough to speak uh, the be, uh, the beginning reign of the king and the ending reign of a king. Did you get that? I want you to get it. This is, this is good meat. I know I'm serving some good meat. Okay. Number five was Samuel, uh, Samuel announced to King Saul that the Lord have rejected him from being king. Now footnote to that is Samuel was seasoned enough to speak the beginning reign of a king and the ending reign of a king. Hallelujah. Man, ah, I felt that. Number six, Samuel went to the household of Jesse to anoint God's next king, which was David. Number seven, Samuel came up through the ranks of the prophetic before he moved into the office of the prophet. He didn't reach there overnight. Uh huh. Number eight, Samuel was there mostly for the kings that God had chosen. He wasn't a pastor to the people. However, he did speak to them as the Lord instructed. Okay. Every prophet is not called to pastor a flock. You know, I, I, I lie to you not. Sometimes I always ask God, God, I know for sure you called me to be a prophet and I don't like to question you. 
pastoring, um, eh, you know, my spiritual dad saw that and he said he saw the whole fivefold. So, I'm, you know, I know that God, he was a, my spiritual dad was a true apostle, a true prophet. And I know that God revealed those things to him concerning me. And I had a hard time digesting being a pastor. Um, I had a hard time digesting being a prophet. I really did. But I'm going to tell you what I didn't have a hard time digesting was being an evangelist. I don't know why. I just, I just, when you, when they said evangelist, I just wanted to just stop right there and just, you know, but uh, most evangelists have a prophetic gift because God moves on them in a prophetic, just like, man, like (laughs) now, uh, we're going to stop right there. I just really wanted to share with you. This was some of my teaching uh, that I received when I was in the School of the Prophets up under uh, Dr. Gregory uh, Hope and Dr. Tangerine Hope. You know, I received a teaching up under them. And so um, I'm so thankful for their teaching, um, the things that they taught me in the School of the Prophets. And so uh, after the teaching, I went and went a little deeper into doing my little research and writing down the things that you just uh, pretty much heard. And plus some of that is some some of the things that they have. It was already uh, given to us during our classes. And so I'm just thankful um, to God for people that is educated in that way to where they can help catapult you forward, you know, and so just grateful. And uh, thankful to every instructor, thankful for every person that, you know, um, that's in in high rankings in the Lord. You know, everybody is is ranked some in some type in some shape, form, you know, and um, God have his people in place. And we just got to know where we belong and stay there and let God do the elevation. Let God elevate us. So uh, I just want to say thank you for lending me your ear today on talking about the office of the prophet and explaining to you certain things that I've learned throughout, um, you know, me uh, as myself being in the office of the prophet and still learning a lot about it. I'm still learning. We will never, ever master anything. And so when we get to the point where we know too much and know it all, then, you know, that's a bad place to be. So whatever I learn, I love to share with others, especially those that are under me, that are that are uh, getting the oil from me. I like to pour new and fresh oil. And so today, this is your fresh oil for those uh, that follow me uh, faithfully and those that are at the table feasting and, and learning. So I will forever uh, give as God leads me and give you as, you know, uh, give you the word that God give me. Whatever word he give me, that's what I share if he allowed me to. So today I just want to share and shine some light on God's word. Okay, God, God's word is light all by itself, you know, but I just want to share and I pray that you all are having a magnificent day. Know that this person that you hear right now uh, cares about your life. I care about where you are with God. Um, I care about your your soul. I, I care about your health and your wealth. I care about your family, and I pray that your family is well. I pray that you're doing well on your job as well as your businesses, as well as your ministries. I pray that you will get more educated in the Word of God, that you will understand God's Word, and then you will share God's Word with those people that may not understand. And 
Some people will never read a Bible, but they will read you. So make sure when they read you that they're reading God. They're reading God's word by looking at you. Make sure you're setting that example. In my closing, there's life, love, joy, peace, and harmony. Until next time, God bless you.